In the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, how are you today? You're listening to St. Mark Bemidji's podcast, a podcast about redemption through the glory of Christ Jesus, our risen Savior. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Just like it doesn't matter if a tree makes a sound when it falls, if no one's around to hear it, it doesn't matter a bit if the best content ever made is found on this podcast, if there's no one to listen to it. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye hands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Psalm 100. Today our sermon is from Woodlake, Minnesota, where the small people of the congregation add their voices to the service during the sermon, and we are joyful with them, thankful that their parents understand the value of teaching their children the value of learning the Word, and not leaving during the oration. Our topic for today is the transfiguration of Jesus. May you be blessed through today's meditation. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. From his birth, from the very beginning, Jesus was the true and almighty God in all his glory. But he did not look it. He didn't look much like much when we started this journey with him, this Christmas and Epiphany journey. Though the star led wise men to the house, when they got there to worship the newborn king of the Jews, he was, he was just a baby. And still, 40 days later, when, when the Lord God, Jesus himself, God incarnate, comes to his holy temple, he's still a baby. And last week, though everyone else we saw as everyone else got in line for baptism, he, he got in line with them like everyone else. We know that he is not like everyone else. We know this from Epiphany. This is my son, God said at his baptism. And if Epiphany was longer than it is this year, really short, if Epiphany was longer, we would hear how he changes water into wine. And he heals lepers and servant boys. He calms the wind and the waves. If we pay attention by the time that Epiphany's over, we can hardly think of him as merely Mary's son, the Jesus of Nazareth. Now he's more like this, like this superhero. He has been manifested. He has been revealed as God in the flesh. And that's good. And we would think and we want to think that it's just going to get better and better from there. By the time Jesus makes his way up onto the mountain with Peter, James, and John, could you really blame these guys? 
if they think that this the life with Jesus is looking up and the transfiguration was a pinnacle moment for them. We hear it this way. He was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. If they had ever had any doubts about who Jesus is, if, if they wondered ever at all, if maybe Jesus was leading them astray from the faith of their forefathers, every shadow of a doubt could be blown away by just the brightness of Christ. And then they get to see their, their heroes, these pillars of Old Testament prophecy, all of this confirming, revealing, manifesting Jesus as God in the flesh. It just doesn't get better than us. They're, they're Jesus' disciples. They're not just on top of the mountain. They're on top of the world. No wonder Peter says, let's stay here. It's good to be here. Let's, let's stay. I'll put up the shelters. Who of us wouldn't say the same? Who of us wouldn't want our life and our life with Jesus to go just the same way, just to get better and better and better. Maybe it, our life, our faith, our world, maybe it starts out in weakness, in lowliness, in poverty, in danger and in doubt. But we think it's all uphill from here, right? And if we just spend more time, more and more time with Jesus, we'll find that, that it gets stronger and more popular, more prominent. Riches increase, security, health, confidence, certainty, more and more as the days go by. And Jesus is finally revealed as awesome. And at the top, we get to hang out on the hill with brilliant, shining Jesus and all his saints in glory. That's the life that I want. The church and church and faith that I want. This is the world that I want to live in. Let's, let's stay on top and let's get to work to make that happen, huh? It's all good. Until the clouds roll. A bright cloud overtook them. And then there was a voice from heaven, not the appearance of the glowing Jesus, not at the appearance of the two dead prophets, but it's at the voice of God himself. It says, when they heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. One of the other gospels says that they fell asleep, probably more like passed out, like fainted. They were acting, acted like the children of Israel, acted at the foot of Mount Sinai when Moses came down to announce his words. They said, don't, don't, don't let God talk to us anymore. You talk to us. They were falling on their faces, hiding, probably thinking, we're going to die. But it's not just the sound of the voice, like it's thundering loudness. It's what the voice says. It says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased, listen to him. Which surprises us because that doesn't sound scary at all. That sounds nice. 
Of course, the father loves his son. This young man makes his father proud. But listen carefully, would you? When you hear what pleases God, Jesus pleases God. The father loves his son, his perfect, holy son. You see, if you give any attention at all to what it is that pleases God, you might consider hiding too. When Moses brought these commands down the mountain the first time, his face was glowing also. So so you hear from those same commands that God gave way back then and he still gives today. So you hear the command that God is pleased when you set no image, object, person, or idea as higher priority than God himself. Fear, love, and trust in God above all things. God is pleased with that. But you are not that. You hear God say that that children should obey their parents. You hear that the gifts of marriage are for the married, and the marriage bed is to be kept pure, which includes images your eyes see and the desires of your heart. And that husbands and wives should love and honor each other. That pleases God. But you are not that. You hear from those commands, for example, that that your neighbor's good name and reputation is a gift. It's a treasure of God, and he commands no one. He commands no one to give false testimony, to slander, to speak evil of another behind their back, to gossip. God is pleased when we take his words and actions in the kindest possible way. God is pleased with that. But you are not that. God loves his son because God is love and Jesus is loving and compassionate. But you are not what he is. You don't have to be on the mountain of transfiguration and you don't have to see the cloud and hear the thundering voice of God. You didn't have to sit on the the other mountain and hear Jesus the voice of Jesus preached the law even more severely than Moses when he says, you've heard that it was said, I say to you. And God says, listen to him. If you do not tremble at his word, if you don't tremble now and fall down on your face in fear when you, when you compare God's law, what pleases him, to your own life, I suspect that you will when death comes knocking at your door or when the clouds roll in. And when you try to hide your face from its dread, you might even say, well, I'm not afraid to die. Don't speak so soon. It's nice to know that the father is pleased with his son, but in comparison, all that means is that he's not pleased with you. We're all going to die. The wages of sin is death. It is not just getting better and better and better. But we know this, don't we? The market doesn't continually keep going up. Your health and your strength doesn't improve day by day. The commandments are not simply checked off as kept. All doubts, temptations do not just gradually go away. 
In fact, it does seem like the, the general rule is that it's just the opposite. And that the height of it all comes the great enemy who forces our face from God in fear. But, but at the height of the mountain, at the peak of his epiphany, an amazing thing happens. Did you catch it? Jesus came and touched them, saying, rise and have no fear. What a relief. But how can that be? Shouldn't they still die? And aren't we still going to die? It says, when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. They saw Jesus. And not the glowing like the sun Jesus. And not that everything is just getting better and better, Jesus. Not the, now I know you because I saw you shining and talking to Moses and Elijah, Jesus. What they saw is only Jesus. Just regular, ordinary, skin-toned and dingy-clothed Jesus. The same Jesus that told Peter just six days earlier that, that the future isn't one just great, one great glory ramp up. Their future and his involves a cross. It involves suffering. And it involves death. Now, he says, now we are going to Jerusalem. And Jesus is going to die. Not them. The terror that they experienced is now the weight that Jesus carries all the way to Calvary. It is only on that other mountain, Mount Calvary, that the wrath of God against sin will be entirely satisfied. It is only with the death of Jesus that all cause for fear is removed. And Jesus' word, do not fear, finds its fulfillment. The disciples weren't to tell anyone this about this vision. Until Jesus had been raised from the dead. This vision was for them alone, for a time. But now, now since Christ has been raised from the dead, this transfiguration is account, account is also told to you today. You weren't on that mountain. You don't walk on any mountain like that. You want this life to be and this life with Jesus to be getting better and better? Your faith to get stronger and stronger, maybe because you learn more, maybe because it makes more sense to you, or because your life gets better and better the longer you're with Jesus. You want that, but it doesn't happen. Because you live in a fallen world, and you yourself are fallen and have fallen too. You walk down into the valley of the shadow of death, because that's what happens when you walk with Jesus. And ignore it as much as you want. You are going to die. The glorious, shining Jesus isn't going to be much help to you then, only terrify you. And the glorious life that you've dreamed up won't help either. Moses won't help. 
neither will Elijah. Only Jesus will. When you find yourself in terror, even despondent and despairing, look up and see Jesus. Not the glorious looking Jesus, but the dying Jesus. The suffering Jesus. The one that looks not like the sun in the sky, but the one that looks like you. The one who takes your place. Listen to him. Follow him, even if it leads to a cross. Even if it leads through painful repentance and sorrow over your sin. For this is the Jesus who said, Rise and have no fear. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your cross, your word, the baptism with which I have been baptized, that is the one that Jesus commanded. The preaching and the absolution that Jesus ordained, the supper that Jesus instituted, that is the voice of Jesus you need to hear for all of life. And the one, the only one, that will comfort you when you are dying. You have not been on that mountain, but you have heard the voice of the Father. You have heard his Son through his Holy Spirit, baptized into Christ. You are crucified with Christ, with him on the mountain, and you receive your Jesus' touch when he puts on your lips his very own body and blood. It is good to be there with Jesus only. And we follow him then all the way through the valley, all the way through to Easter, through his resurrection, and to yours. Amen. I sincerely pray that today's meditation on God's word has enriched you. Didn't get enough of God's Word? Are you missing out on that in-person fellowship? We hold divine services right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. We also live stream our Sunday divine service at 8 a.m. You can ensure that you are notified when a stream is live or a new podcast is available by subscribing to our YouTube channel. It's easy to find by typing in St. Mark Bemidji in the search bar and clicking on the subscribe button. Want to listen to meditations the way I do every day? Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Go to podcastindex.org and search for St. Mark Bemidji to find us. This is our fifth year producing this podcast and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarksbemidji.org or look at the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again www.stmarksbemidji.org. 
May God bless the rest of your day.